In today's scripture, we're still in the book of Philippians chapter 1, as we continue in our series. We'll be reading from the New King James Version as we do, and the scripture will be up on the screen. We'll be reading verses 9 through 11. So Philippians chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. Paul still desires growth from the Philippians, and if you're curious on the background of the Philippians and his visit to the, to the Philippians, I encourage you to go to the, to the website and watch last week's, or listen to last week's message. So Paul's prayer for them is found in, in, in this verse 9 through 11. Let me read it for you and follow along. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more, and more in knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. Paul's praying that their love abounds more and more. And in the Greek, in that area, there's a word that it says, yet abound more and more. So it's, it's a love that they already have, but he wants them to go deeper. That abounds more and more, that it's filled up like a, a riverbed full of, full of water that fills up. Reminds me of the old hymn, deeper, deeper in the love of Jesus, daily let me go. Paul is not satisfied with them just being static where they're at. In our Christian lives, we should not just be treading water, just getting by. We should be going deeper and deeper in the love of Jesus. But Paul says here, and I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and in all discernment. In knowledge and all discernment. Now this knowledge here is not a book knowledge. It's not a, I read it in the encyclopedia. This knowledge that's referred to is a experiential knowledge. It's a something experienced. It's a first-hand knowledge. And this discernment, all discernment, the word is, and I won't pronounce it correctly, athesis. This is the only place it's used in Scripture. And this is a, a sense of discerning and shrewdly sizing things up. Now you might be wondering how this applies and what this means, and we're going to go into that. But I wanted to give you some of that background. If you think of this sizing up in the discernment, you might be familiar with the, a Scripture we don't have to, I'll read it, we don't have to put it up on the board, we're welcome to. But in Hebrews 5.14, but solid food belongs to those who are full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. To discern. But the discernment in Hebrews is, it's more like a sense of a, a sensory organ. The discernment in Hebrews is that of uh, 
Like you, you know, you have some people they can smell it and tell you if the food's good or bad. This is a discernment from a concept of a sizing things up to try to understand it, to to look at it, to to wade through the noise, to pick it apart, to ferret it out. And as I research this word, it's this concept of of cutting through the hazy ethical or moral matters to get to the heart of it. Pull back the covers. You're like in the Wizard of Oz, they watch and said, pay no attention to what's happening behind the curtain. But it's an it's ability to discern, to open things up, to understand. So he wants us to continue in our love, continue in our love, and into so filled up that we have an experiential, not an experimental, experiential. To experiment means you try it out and see if it works or not. But experiential means that I've experienced it. The kind of knowledge that I experienced it, that I can able to weed through the cluttered moral confusion and to get to the heart of the spiritual matter. Maybe you've heard of that phrase of some things you have to learn for yourself. And maybe if you've raised children or are raising children, you know you can tell them and you can tell them and you can tell them but until it actually, some things they just have to learn by experience. And so you try to guide them so they don't do the things that will permanently harm them. You know, you don't let them stick their finger in, in a... We have young ones here, so I don't want to give them any ideas. But, and I don't mean my 20-year-old son. Um, but the, we don't want to allow them to get seriously hurt, but we allow them to feel a little bit of pain so that we can reference it and say, you know, that hurts a lot more than what that just did. But sometimes they do things, they skin their knees, they mess up, but they've got to learn some things by experience, sometimes small choices, and, you know, it can be a mistake. This is a little bit of a side that parents that we keep them from all consequences. Sometimes they have to learn through experience. And they need to feel the consequences. You don't get a homework done and you get a bad grade, that's your fault. We don't go in and yelling at the teachers and tell the teachers that they need to change it. Learn through experience. But you know, there's some things that you trust more that you've experienced it, not that you read it. Some things you, yeah, I read, somebody says, I read that in a book. They've got the book knowledge, but they don't have the experience. They haven't experienced it. It just is different. You know, and it's one thing to look at a picture of the Grand Canyon or the picture of the Tetons or whatever place that you might have been. But have you ever seen something in God's creation 
and you've experienced it, and you want to put it in a picture, but you know it just won't work. I've been out on the boat, uh, even with my parents, and I see an eagle fly over. A bald eagle fly over. And I try to get a picture of it because it's really cool, but the picture's not going to work. But I experienced it. To have the love of God that is so deep and, and upon us that we are deeper and deeper and we gain the kind of knowledge through that, uh, that deep love with God and the experiences of life that we start to know, we start to learn. And then it goes on and talks about to discern. And like I told you, this Discernment is, is to weave through it, to unravel it, the tricky things. And in today's society, words are twist, twisted. They change them around. When somebody says certain words, they mean something completely different. And it can get kind of confusing. But if we're walking along deep with God and we're experiencing a relationship with Him and there are things we know through that relationship, we can identify there's something not right. There's something not right in what we're seeing. We recognize what the truth is. We recognize God's kind of love. We recognize that depth of love. We've spent time with Jesus. We've walked with God. We've got this experiential knowledge. And see, just because other people... Just because people out in the world don't understand it doesn't mean it's not true. And just because I can't explain it myself doesn't mean that it's not true. The devil would get us to doubt. If I told you to pick out your, most people have a cell phone, take out your cell phone, I want you to explain to me how it works. You say, I don't know how that works. But you know that it works. You've experienced that it works. And even though that you can't explain how it works, you know that it's true. Because you've experienced it yourself. We can have the love of God and the knowledge of God in such a way that it's, we can't explain it to other people, but that doesn't mean that it's not true. And they can have all their words and they get confusing and you get caught up with that. And but it doesn't mean that what you've experienced isn't true. And have that love so that we can understand the counterfeit. If we know what true love looks like, we understand the counterfeit. 
You might have heard stories, and I've told the stories, and I heard it in a message many, many years ago, or an illustration. They kind of did a study, and they said, hey, let's check out people finding and understanding counterfeit money. So they took one group of people, and they, they taught them and said, okay, this is a $20 bill, or whatever it was, I'll just use that. And they taught them this is a $20 bill, and those people only studied the $20 bill, the real one. They knew it inside and out. And these people, they taught them all the different counterfeits. See, this is a counterfeit bill where they changed this, and this is a counterfeit bill when they changed that. And so they taught them, the, they taught them all the counterfeits that they could recognize, all these different counterfeits. And so they put the people that only knew the true. And they took the people that had studied all the different counterfeits. And they introduced something brand new, a brand new counterfeit. The people that studied all the counterfeits didn't recognize it. because it didn't match anything of the counterfeits they had studied. So they thought it was real. The, but the people that had studied only the real spotted it without problem because they knew it was counterfeit, because it didn't match the real. And if we know the love of God, we know what real love is. Whether we can explain all the pieces, parts for it. How do you explain how did God love me to the point that Jesus came and died on the cross for me? And we talk about Scripture, the peace that passes understanding. There's another old song that says, it's real, it's real, I know it's real. And if I've experienced the love of God and the depth of God's love, this depth of God's love, it's the God of Calvary, is also the God of Sinai, like we talked in Sunday school. He has laws and expectations, but He's the God that sent His Son. But if we understand what the real love is, then we'll be able to identify the counterfeit we'll be able to identify what's missing. And so as the worldly definitions of love and the worldly definitions of morality and the worldly definitions of what's righteous and what's true come in our way as we get deeper and deeper in the love of Jesus and we gain the knowledge of love and we gain the knowledge of other things that His love teaches us through experience. We, be, we will be able to not only, like Hebrews says, have something when we smell it, it doesn't smell right, but we'll be able to weave our way and find our way through the confer, confusing logic that the world has. And there is some confusing logic out there. We're often reminded, I think, of the scripture that says, and God gave them up to a reprobate mind. Because logic no longer logic even anymore. People don't even discuss things that way. But 
Paul wants them to go deeper and have such an experience with the love of God that it affects their knowledge and their experiences. That they're able to discern and dig through the confusing parts. That they gain the experience in walking with Jesus in love. It says, and, I this, and this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment. Inside is what that means, inside. So it says God's love from the inside out is driving this and driving us into this knowledge and driving us into this ability to discern. So we get closer to God, we gain a better understanding a better learning. And this enables verse 10, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. Having this knowledge to discern and weave through the craziness of truth. And having an experiential knowledge of walking with Jesus. The depth of his love that motivates us from the inside out. That we might be able to what? Approve the things that are excellent. To prove those things that are different, it says here. It's to, di to differ between the good and the bad, that excellent in comparison the excellent versus the non-excellent. That we can find that. And it continues that you might be sincere. That verse 9 allows us that we can approve the things that are excellent. We can see what's excellent, what's better. And that you might be sincere. And as you look at this word behind this, it's, it really means judged by sunlight. It's kind of a curious thing. Judged by sunlight. That in the purity of the sunlight, that it judges it as pure. And as I read through and researched this, that it came out, if you, if you think about, if you take and you've harvested some honey. Now, I haven't harvested honey. I'm, I'm not sure I... There's people that do that. I have relatives that do that. I'm sure I would get stung. It's a good possibility. I'm not sure. But when you harvest this honey, the honey comes in on what? On honeycombs. And the illustration that I saw that as you're harvesting this honey, comes in on honeycombs, that how do you know if that honey is pure? So you go into the hive and you pull out the honey or you get the drippings and you put it in a jar and I want to make sure that the honey's pure. I hold it up to the light. And when I look through that honey, if I see the honeycomb left, I know that it's not. But when I look through it, 
This word leads back to sincere, leads back to transparent. When I look through that, it's pure. Judging by the light as I look through it, it's pure. So it's really saying that you be pure. That by abounding in deeper in God's love, that you gain experiential knowledge to, and you gain the ability to discern, to weave through things that are complex and confusing, so that you may approve the things that are excellent. I failed to draw out that when it says that you may approve, it's to test and approve. It's to test it and approve it. It's not just approve it, everything's good. No, it's to test it and approve it. So that I can test and approve what's the good stuff. By walking with God, I will know how to figure out what's right and what's wrong through the love of Jesus. That I can test it and approve it that they're excellence, that I'll be able, that I would be pure. That I would be pure and without offense till the day of Christ. That I would be found blameless, without offense. Blameless. I haven't done anything that I shouldn't. That I'd be found blameless. And that I haven't tripped anybody else up. I haven't been a stumbling block to them either. So you see this progression? He prays that they're deeper in God's love so that they gain these capabilities through knowledge and the ability to discern so that they, you can test out for yourself so you know what's right and wrong. What's good and what's bad. What's righteous and what's unrighteous. To help you in your walk with Him so that you can be pure. Sincere. Pure. And blameless. Without offense. until the day of Christ, and being filled with the fruits of righteousness. Righteousness is what, that which God approves of. I'm filled with all the fruits, the, the benefits of being and living righteously. So all that we've said brought us to the point so that we can live righteously, and may we have all the fruits, all the benefits of living righteously. And how do we get that? It says... Verse 11, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ. We get that through the shed blood of Jesus. Through his death and resurrection. That's how we have access. And it continues to the glory and praise of God. And that all is to the glory and praise of God. Paul wants them to go deeper in their love so that they can have a more fruitful life, more righteous life that Christ Jesus provides for us through His death and resurrection. And God sent His Son to the glory and praise of God. And what's the source? It's a deeper walk with God. Things are confusing out there. Things are difficult out there. How do we know what we should do? And these people talk a good talk and 
and they spin words. And some people, there's other doctrines out there. They might even call themselves Christian. And when they say one word, they have a different definition of what we would have. We have a different definition of what's in Scripture. Then people will go out there and say things like, well, if you really love somebody, you'll let them do whatever they want. And we know that's not real love. But how do you figure all this out? It's so confusing. Get deeper in the love of God, and through walking with God, having experiences with God, you'll start to learn how to discern what's true. And even if you can't explain it, and they seem like they're smarter than you are, you have the source of all knowledge in God. And you've experienced the love of Christ. Get deeper. Just get deeper. And you'll be able to figure out what's right and wrong. Just trust God. Don't trust the world. Do the things that are righteous in His eyes and give glory to God. Paul doesn't want them to just stay where they're at. He wants them to go deeper. And we need to go deeper. Because Satan's work using the world to try to confuse us and try to trip us up and they're changing the definition around. And you know, sometimes with experience, with experience you're able to know who the uh, slick oil salesman is or, or the person trying to sell you that, that thing. You know, they're trying to trick you. They call you on the phone and they tell you things like, oh, I'm so-and-so and I'm from wherever and I, I have a deal for you. I, I just inherited $50 million and it all can be you, yours. All you have to do is give me your social security number. We know that's not true. But people with less experience might get tripped up by that. People with left knowledge might trick, get tripped up with that. They try to trick you in emails to, to click on this link and click on that link, and it, it's confusing you, worried about that, but they're trying to do the same thing in morality and with spiritual things. But aren't you thankful? Just like you wish you had a computer someone you could call sometimes or, and ask them a question, and how do I do that? Aren't you thankful that in, when it comes to morality and what's right and wrong and what should I do that we have the source of all knowledge of all power it's a deeper walk with Christ a deeper love with Jesus so deeper deeper in the love of Jesus daily let me go so that God's pleased with me that's the goal right might not please the world Though none go with me, still I will follow. But we have to be focused on God and go deeper in His love, not be satisfied with where we're at. Not just be treading water, but following with all. Let's be standing together. I'm going to pray, then I'll ask that you remain standing. Father God, I pray that you would help us not to be deceived by the world, caught up in the snares of the devil, to try to erode our understandings of what is true, what is moral, what is ethical, words that they, people toss around, and even what is love. 
May our source of strength in our walk be a deeper love, a deeper experience with You. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and strength. May we be in that place. That it might help us to be able to discern what's good and what's bad. It might help us in our walk with You. It might help us to go deeper in You. To know what's good and to avoid that which is bad. To not be a stumbling block to other people. To not cause offense because we've applied that knowledge that You've given us. That training You've given us by our deeper love in You. And may we be pure. When measured against the sun, when measured by the sun, though it refers to S-U-N, may it be also S-O-N, that as you measure us, that you might find us pure because we've walked with you. May you find us blameless because we're doing everything you've asked us to do. And may you ground us and strengthen us in your love. May we be encouraged today not to be discouraged because we don't understand what the world's trying to do. We can't combat all their arguments in our own mind and maybe we can't explain it. May it not keep us from just going deeper in you and understand you more and more. And though the world don't understand us, that we might understand you. And we might have a tight relationship with you. May we not be discouraged in our walk. May we be encouraged today that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Bless us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Just back.